Welcome to Everyday Health Simplified. I'm Elisa Poole, ex-teacher turned health enthusiast. Each episode, you get bite-sized pieces of nutrition and mindset education so that you can be empowered to take the next step on your wellness journey. Have you ever wondered if your metabolism is working right? Has your age played a number on it? Or maybe all the years of dieting? This episode is going to help you answer that question. One reason people ask that is because they've been trying to lose weight for a while and haven't been successful at it, or because they've hit a plateau and have stayed there for a while. So let's talk about why this could be happening and what you can do about it. First, we need to understand homeostasis, and then we'll talk about metabolism. Homeostasis, from the Greek words for same and steady, refers to any process that living things use to actively maintain fairly stable conditions that are necessary for survival. Homeostasis occurs in many places. For example, a person under various stresses and motivations can maintain a stable psychological condition. Or a society can have a homeostatic stability despite competing politics, economics, and cultural factors. And the human body maintains homeostasis by holding our temperature and levels of water, salt, blood sugar, protein, fat, and oxygen at relatively stable levels. All of that affects our weight, or rather, it all works to keep your weight the same. Another way to think of homeostasis is like the thermostat in your house. Once it's set at a certain point, it works to keep the internal state at that level. When the temperature drops in your house, your furnace will turn on and it'll warm things up to the preset temperature. Your body loves homeostasis. It wants that thermostat to stay the same day in and day out. If something is out of balance in your body, a physiological reaction will kick in until that set point is restored. Your body works automatically and urgently to get the body back in balance where it was before. Here's some examples. Your body responds when temperatures go above normal by sweating and your skin flushing with color. When it gets too cold, your body shivers to generate heat. When you exercise more and burn more calories, your hunger cues kick in so you actually eat to get back what you lost. The bottom line of homeostasis is that your body sings urgent, urgent, emergency, and works to keep your body where it already is. So now you understand the concept of homeostasis. How does this impact your metabolism? Well, metabolism is the process by which your body converts what you eat and drink into energy. It's actually a very complex activity with at least 10 distinct internal organs and hormones involved, which we can get into another time. But basically, all of these players take the calories you consume and combine them with oxygen to release the energy your body needs to function. And when these players get affected, the ability to convert food into energy can be impacted too. You want to know the very best way to eat for metabolic health is to eat intuitively, like a toddler. Eat when you're hungry and drink when you're thirsty and use the bathroom when you need to. It's actually that simple. But most of us have habits that get in the way of us doing that. Some of the foods we eat also get in the way, and I'll get into that another day. If you eat when you're not hungry, you start eating more to get temporary pleasure. 
If you do not eat when you are hungry, your body cranks up your appetite signals and overrides fullness signals. So a great suggestion is to start paying attention to when you are actually hungry instead of perhaps bored, thirsty, or emotional, for instance, (laughs) and eat when you're hungry. And when you do eat, eat until you're not hungry anymore, instead of eating until you're full. Now, this might sound a little overly simplistic, but it's actually quite interesting to note that in English, we say, I'm full when we're done eating. In Spanish, they say, estoy satisfecha, meaning I'm satisfied. And in French, they say an expression that means, I've eaten enough food. Enough food for what? Well, to feel satisfied, like 70% full, not 100% filled to the brim. (laughs) And this practice alone, paying attention to your satiety levels, practicing eating only until you're satisfied instead of completely full, would likely do wonders for your own eating behaviors. So let's shift gears a little bit and discuss how diets can impact our metabolism, shall we? Mindless eating, eating artificially flavored or chemically engineered food, and restrictive dieting or considering foods good or bad, all of these influence the way that we respond to our body's signals. We gorge and binge. We deprive ourselves. We send our body mixed signals. We don't pay attention. And if we don't eat enough food, our bodies will work to self-regulate to meet its needs. If you undereat, your brain will tell your body to eat more densely caloric foods since it feels you could be going into a famine. If you've gained and lost body fat or weight multiple times, this can change the way your brain regulates your weight. Remember, the basic formula that people teach is that calories in must be less than calories used. This isn't a precise science due to multiple factors. First, calories on labels are often off. Second, calories consumed changes based on how food is prepared. Third, the kind of food we're eating, whether it's processed or not, makes a difference in calories. Our gut health makes a difference, number four. And five, the thermic effect of food also impacts calories. And so the total calories can be off by 25% or more, which is usually several hundred calories a day. Now, if you missed the episode on calories, go back and listen. It's episode three. Your ability to burn calories also varies based on factors like your resting metabolic rate, the level of physical activity, and how sedentary or non-sedentary you are throughout the day. When you restrict calories, your body produces more hunger hormones and often cravings because it's not getting the right nutrients. The stress of dieting can also raise cortisol levels, which makes your body retain water and feel softer and a whole slew of other things that stress causes. If you are a person who has dieted in the past or is working to lose weight and not seeing as much progress as you would have hoped, you might be wondering, Is my metabolism damaged? Is it just broken? No, but your unique metabolism is more complicated than you think and what used to work for you might no longer be effective. When you have lost weight through diets, especially multiple times, your body adapts by slowing down your resting metabolic rate. And as a result, you need fewer calories to maintain your current weight. Put another way, someone who was never overweight could need 
2,500 calories a day, and someone who has been overweight and dieted could need 21 or 2,300 calories. Now, this not only affects dieters, but people like fitness competitors too. And what science seems to show is that the longer you've been at a weight, the longer it will take to move that number. Your bodies are more sensitive to hormones, neurotransmitters, and messages that accompany dieting. So what can you do? All changes to our bodies will take time and effort, which require different levels of time and effort by each person. Even if your body seems to resist weight loss, you can still lose fat, gain muscle, and change your body. Eating a diet according to our food framework helps a lot. You want whole, minimally processed foods. These require more calories to digest, are more filling, more nutrient and energy dense, and are less likely to cause overeating. Remember, you can click the link in the show notes to get the food framework that we use on a daily basis. Quality carbohydrates will fuel your training, boost your leptin hormone, keep up your libido, and prevent you from feeling deprived. The fats also help your libido, boost your immune systems, lower extra inflammation, and taste yummy. Protein will boost your muscle synthesis and keep you full. And speaking of protein, as you plateau, which is normal, because remember that homeostasis is working in the background every time you are wanting to lose weight. You want to lose the weight, but homeostasis is whispering, we really need to rock. Steady, steady rocking all night long. So what you may need to do is lower your calories a little bit more to continue progressing. And a great way to do that is to add more protein and remove a serving of carbs or serving of fat because protein burns more calories by eating it and makes us feel full. Also, remember that weight loss plateaus often have less to do with our metabolisms and more to do with us not being as consistent as we think we are. So if you need to start tracking your meals or protein intake, have at it. You can also look at cycling your carbs and your calories, but I don't recommend that until you're solid on basic nutrition, already eating lots of vegetables, proteins, and healthy fats, and have a very strong mindset and exercise habits. Because if you don't, it often ends up being just another diet with the same yo-yo impact. Another thing you can do is exercise. Ideally, you'll want a blend of cardiovascular and resistance exercises. Strength training or resistance training helps you improve glucose tolerance, maintain and build muscle mass, and that is critical to our health. One resource for you to check out is PHIIT by Carrie Pierce. They're all 10-minute workouts that help in this area. Cardiovascular exercise improves the cardiovascular system, helps you use energy, and improves recovery. Another thing you can do is to increase your non-exercise activities. This means find ways to move more during the day, like a treadmill desk, fidget, pacing while you're on the phone, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, park farther away from the door, things like that. And lastly, give yourself grace and patience, my friends. Many things influence our eating habits. Yes, some are biological, and others are psychological, social, economic, and cultural. Continue cultivating an environment that encourages healthy food choices and discourages one that gets you off track. Remember, you're allowed to set boundaries around food, too. That's episode 9 if you need a refresher on that. If you need to change your routine or who you spend time with or where you do it, you can do that, too. And remember that weight loss, if it needs to happen instead of muscle gain, is actually pretty slow. 
We're talking 0.5 to 1% of your body weight a week, especially if you don't want to cause more metabolic slowdown. And two things that we're going to go into more depth next week are sleep and stress. Both are as important as nutrition and yet have zero calories. So let's recap today's episode. Homeostasis is always active and working in your body. The more you have dieted in the past, the more your body may have lowered its resting metabolic rate, so you might need fewer calories than you did before. Eating more protein, veggies, and other whole foods that are harder for your body to burn and provide more nutrients is better for your metabolic health. Exercise regularly, working to include strength training and cardiovascular exercise. Find ways to move more throughout the day. And be patient and cultivate a supportive environment. Your body is amazing and working to help you survive the best way it knows how. It's up to us to help it out. Thanks for tuning in today, everyone. Slow progress is still progress, and it actually shows more in the long run. So keep it up one day at a time. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it. And remember, we are all in this together, so please share with your friends. Until next week, everyone, keep practicing health every day. Thank you.